Welcome to Mental Money, the podcast that empowers minority women in business to unlock their financial potential. Get ready to shift your mindset, break through barriers, and transform your relationship with money. Join us as we dive into practical strategies, expert insights, and inspiring stories that will elevate your financial success. Whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur, aspiring businesswoman, or just starting your journey, this podcast is your go-to resource for mastering money and achieving true financial empowerment. Get ready to level up your mindset and maximize your money with mental money. You are listening to the Mental Money Podcast. Thank you for coming back. If you are returning, if this is your first time, then this is the best episode to skin on your first time. <laughs> We're going to be talking about strategy. Um, Shabrene is the CEO and founder of Anchor Inc. Um, the, per- the reason why we're speaking with her today is because she is, um, I think, one of the voices that we should hear from as far as the ability to ex- exist in the nonprofit and for-profit space seamlessly, right? So thank you, Shabrene, for coming on. No, thank you for having me. I appreciate you for sure. Okay. Shameless plug. Shabrene is also one of our community members. Yay. <laughs> right. So, um, I was wanting to interview more people from our community, not only to spotlight what you guys do, but kind of walk through strategy, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because I don't think a lot of people understand what really goes into all of this. I see online there's a lot of interest, but once it comes to like putting in that commitment, um, that's where the the numbers start to fall. So yeah. I wanted to get inside voices speaking about like how they've won, how they've uh, strategized, how they've been able to put these pieces together to make sustainable businesses. Because as we know, businesses usually fail within the first year. You've made it past that. So again, leading voice on this. Um, so Shabrani, tell us a little bit about your company, um, who you serve and what it is that you do. Yeah, of course. So um, Anchored Inc. has been in business since 2019 officially. Um, we actually started planning for Anchoring in 2018, but we didn't actually pull the trigger on actually incorporating our business and all of that until 2019. Okay. Um, so Anchored Inc. actually came about um, in a very non-traditional way, I would say. Okay. Um, it came about just uh, in response to my own personal traumas that I had experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I was trying to kind of pull myself out of the mud, so to speak. Um, it was one of those moments of I can I can attempt to go about life and go about things as, you know, as if what just happened didn't just happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I could sink into victimhood um, right. or I could take the experiences that I had just experienced and figure out how I could change the narrative from being a victim to being a survivor. And mm-hmm. so that's how Anchor Inc. was born. Um, okay. <clears throat> and so as a result, um, I created a boutique that provides post-trauma care resources for survivors of sexual assault, domestic violence, and exploitation, three things that I had personally experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, But what I didn't want to do when I created it was for it to just be the give back, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Most people would look at that and say, oh, it's a nonprofit, it's a charity, you know, that's good, fine, and wonderful. Nothing wrong with that. Um, Mm -hmm. But we wanted to take it a step further, right? When we are um, providing those post-trauma care resources to survivors, we want them to become survivors and stay survivors. And so we built our business in a way that it transitioned from just giving back to where not only are we giving back, but we're setting survivors up for the future as well through social impact entrepreneurship. And so our business transitioned from what was seen initially as a nonprofit only to now we are more of a social enterprise than just a nonprofit. Okay. Um, so we've now been in business. Uh, we're going on five years at uh, right. May. Yeah. Wow. So, that's so from trauma to triumph, Chabernet Patton transformed pain into purpose. Founder of Anchored Inc., she crafted products that embody peace and tranquility. 
dive deep into her inspired journey this episode and support survivors by shopping at Anchored Ink Boutique today. I love the fact that you're really clear on what you do and who you serve, because as we know, like going through some of these applications as it relates to business, that's something that they definitely ask a lot. But I also love even more that you took what was something that easily could have been life altering and transformed it into something that could serve others, which is ultimately how you elaborate on the social impact. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like for me, it was one of those situations I had, I had helped people in this space before. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been in the industry of human trafficking, I would say for Mm -hmm. over 10 years. Um, in terms of being a supportive advocate. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I saw in that 10 years of me being an advocate is that um, there was still, there was a space that was missing. Um, You had the space of people just donating, which is great. Absolutely nothing wrong with that, right? But what happens to the survivor after you donate? Right, yeah. What's their next step? How do they keep moving forward? Um, And so I saw that breakdown in the system. And Mm. after experiencing those traumas myself, it was like that in that moment, like light bulb. Yeah. Be be the person that's going to create the transition. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's kind of the story of how we are where we are now is because we went from we went from just seeing the problem to mm. seeing the problem, creating a solution for this, the problem, and then mm. acting out the solution for the problem. Yeah. No, I love that. So I, I retired a speech that I used to give, but I think you're the, the third time I've thought, maybe I need to take that speech out of retirement. And this is the third time I thought that. And it was a speech I used to give called problem, question mark, solve it, comma, then profit, right? Um, because we think that help just means that it has to be charity, which I love that you're not in just a charity space, that it could also very much be a for-profit solution. So with that being said, like I get comments all the time that says, I need help, I need help, I need help. How do you qualify and quantify help from like the space that you're sitting in right now? Um, that's, a, that's a multifaceted question, mm-hmm. more so because you have to take that time as an entrepreneur um, to say, what exactly do I need help with? Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of those, you know, I got to sit down and have a conversation with myself. And uh, most times, most, you know, people say, oh, she's talking to herself. That's mm-hmm. the first, that's the best person you can talk to yeah. when, you, when you're dealing with things like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sitting down with yourself and saying to yourself, what's the end goal? Person, what are you trying to get to in the end? Right. And then work your way backwards from the mm-hmm. end goal, right? If I need to make a million dollars, right? Okay, yes. fine. How are we going to make $900,999? Yeah, first, right. And so on and so forth, right? We're, we're moving backwards at that point. And so for me, if, if people come to me and say, oh, I need help because People have done it before. I've mentored a couple of people through this space. Right. Um, And they come and say, oh, I need help. Okay, well, what do you need help with? Right. Um, I want to do this. Why do you want to do this? Mm. Well, it's like, okay, if you want help, right, you have to be able to quantify why you need that help. Right. What exactly is it that you're seeing that you need help with? If mm-hmm. I ask you, you know, why do you need a million dollars? And all you can tell me is, is um, I want to save the whales. Okay. How are you going to save them? Yeah. What exactly are you going to do to save them? Why do they need saving? Right. There are so many questions that come into that. Um, and so for me, in, in the space that I'm in, when people come to me and ask me for help, I'm going to take you down a list of things that you need to ask yourself before you ask me for it. Right. No, for sure. And and even in the charity space, because I think yeah. a lot of us think that help is just, you know, just kind of like almost in 
being able to figure out somebody's the solution for someone else's problem. Mm -hmm. Do you use that same framework when you're doing your charity work as well? Um, yes and no. Okay. And I say yes and no because when I'm doing the work that I do in terms of the charity side of what I do, mm -hmm. I know the issue. Mm. I personally have experienced the issue. Right. And so for me, I'm walking into that charity space as uh, a SME at that point, right? right? Subject matter expert. I'm walking into it saying, this is the issue. I know that this is the issue because I've experienced this issue. Mm. Now, when I'm in that space, that doesn't mean other problems that people may be experiencing don't arise, right? right. Yeah. And it's in those moments um, where we might figure out, oh, there's something that we don't know that we can be of assistance to. That's when we expand our offerings and we expand what we have available to make sure that we're incorporating everyone who's needing assistance in that space, not just the individuals who we walked into that space to be of assistance to. Right. Um, yeah. It's it's really going to be a situation of um, come in knowing what you know, right? Don't come in just completely oblivious. Come in knowing what you know, but at the same time, be ready um, to be of assistance in an area that you don't know that right. actually could expand your business or product offering. Yeah, no, for sure. So I, back to the social enterprises, I love the fact that, again, that you have that framework because it's it's almost a message that you can help others and still help yourself too. Mm -hmm. So what have you gotten personally and professionally from using that social enterprise kind of like um, integration to make your business run? Um, I think personally for me, um, like I said, in the space that I'm in it specifically, um, it has given me the confidence to say, I am not just a victim or, you know, I'm, I'm a survivor. This is how you can tell that I am a survivor, right? I'm moving forward. And not only am I moving forward, I'm moving forward in a way that's beneficial to myself, but also beneficial to others. Right. Um, so that, that's my personal side of it. Right. Um, but in terms of business, being able to transition in between these two spaces of I'm giving back to community. And at the same time, I'm creating opportunity for growth um, and impact and expansion for others for their future. Yeah. Um, it puts me in two different spaces um, yeah. where, you know, outside individuals who are looking to be a part of my endeavors, um, they see the growth of the business side. And then for outside organizations who are saying, oh, man, I want to support that. They mm -hmm. see the social impact side of yeah. what it is I'm doing. And so what ends up happening is that I get support from two different avenues. Yeah. And I never have to change what it is that I'm doing specifically because of how I came into it in the first place. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's been an amazing opportunity to not only connect with philanthropy, right, and those who tend to um, want to fund more on the side of philanthropy, but right. at the same time, I'm also getting, you know, aspects of the business side of things to where people say, oh, that's, yeah. that's something I can really invest in because that's going to grow my business too. And so I get to see it from two different aspects, but I'm also growing at the same time from two different aspects. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. So down to the grant applications, right? When you're filling out these grant applications, how do you position your business outside of like the social enterprise element? How do you approach an application where you are demonstrating that your social enterprise and that um, it is a for-profit organization and that you have a, a philanthropic element to it. Yeah. So early, I would say 2022, no, 
2021, um, I went on a television show mm-hmm. and it's called Entrepreneur Elevator Pitch. It's basically the same thing as Shark Tank, but mm-hmm. the magazine Entrepreneur puts it out. Mm-hmm. And so I went on this television show and I went there, you know, they called me up on the elevator because whatever my pitch was, it was interesting enough for them to call me up on the elevator. Mm-hmm. And in that time span, while I was in there, it was five different investors there. And they all loved what it was that I was doing. Mm-hmm. They loved the fact that I was giving back. But yeah. they, at the same time, they didn't see because I didn't know how to articulate it how that was going to make them money right because i didn't know how to articulate it at that time right so um even though i was doing it right Mm -hmm. i was actually generating revenue at the time everything i just didn't know how to articulate it yeah um and so it was that kind of moment of okay i gotta craft this elevator pitch to mm-hmm. where people understand, um, yes, this is philanthropy in action, but at the same time, we're making money at the same time too. Right. Um, and so now, when I when I go into these grant applications, my first statements are, "We are a social impact venture." Mm. That's like the first thing that I say to them um, when I'm applying for these applications. So they know off top, yes, this is social impact, but it's also financially viable at the same time. So that's like my first, that's like one of my first statements when I'm putting in these applications. Okay. Uh, And then from there, I let them know the product side or the retail side of what it is that I do. And then I immediately connect it to the philanthropy side of what it is that I do. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what ends up happening is when they look at my application, um, ever felt you're just one step away from unlocking massive success. Imagine a space crafted just for you. The six figure grant winner community is just that. Here, you're not just learning, you're bonding with fellow founders, getting first dibs to game-changing grant opportunities, and soaking up insights that can change your life through our monthly expert-led sessions. Be part of something bigger. Dive in with us today. Check out the link below in the show notes. I can't say this specifically, but this is kind of what I entail that they do based on how how many grants we've received. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a... I'm touching your feelings Mm. and I'm touching your money mind. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. And when your feelings and your emotions connect to your logical side of making money, Mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to (laughs) get past that. Even as, even as a person who is going to give you grant funding or you know, they're going to be a venture capitalist, whatever it may be. It's kind of yeah. hard to pass that when you are touching two very specific parts of that person, whoever's reading that application. Yeah, It's hard to get past that because yeah. now you are pulling on their heartstrings mm-hmm. and you're also at the same time appealing to their monetary intellect. Right. And so that's like the first thing that I go into when I put in these applications, like you need to know who I am, why I do what I do. And let's move forward from there. Right. So you own the business and you are a director for the nonprofit. How do, let's say someone wanted to know, like we actually just went through the, um, what grant was that we went to today? The NASDAQ foundation one, right? So you would apply for that as a nonprofit, right? With a for-profit, um, element to it. Would you apply as the director of the nonprofit and then mention your for-profit element or how would you kind of approach that? 
So because it's specifically geared towards nonprofits, I'm automatically going to fall on that side of my business. Mm -hmm. um, so when I'm applying for grants that are specifically for 501c3s or nonprofits, things like that, I'm coming from the executive director side of my credentials, which is the nonprofit side of my business. Mm -hmm. um, however, when we transition into the space of how are we going to give a ROI or a return on investment, um, even inside of that nonprofit atmosphere, and that that's kind of when I transition into my uh, CEO hat of the retail for-profit side of my business. Um, but the initial application phase of like today's NASDAQ, right? Um, yeah. I'm initially, I'm speaking as the executive director of the nonprofit because the grant in itself is specifically catered to nonprofits. Um, and then later on in the application, when it starts to ask, you know, questions, you know, relating to how are you going to make money and how are you going to sustain and how that's when I transitioned into letting them know we are also, you know, we have our for-profit side of our business mm -hmm. in which we quantify and break down. Like, this is how we're making money at the same time. Right. No, that makes sense. So do you ever think of, or have you ever given thought to maybe becoming a B Corp instead of having a nonprofit and for-profit side since they're governed so differently? Oh, yeah. Um, so when I when we started back in 2019, B Corp wasn't an option. Mm -hmm. It was state-specific in, in our state. We're in Massachusetts. And so mm -hmm. it, it wasn't even an option for us at the time to move into that space. Okay. Um, so for us, we took, I would say, the, um, the antique way. <laughs> and so we, we started the nonprofit and at the same time we created the second entity as well, but mm -hmm. they are both connected. Um, but in this space, now that it is available, mm -hmm. I would definitely go the benefit corporate position um, yeah. just because it's less paperwork <laughs> that you would have to do to, mm -hmm. versus running two separate entities. Even yeah. though they're very much connected, they're still two separate entities. Entities, So we have to do paperwork for two separate entities. Right. Um, but I would definitely go the B Corp route if it was an option for me to do it back in 2019. Right. Um, doing the benefit corp, it's literally the same thing as what it is that I'm doing right now. Just yeah. especially because you're only yeah. dealing with one filing. Um, right. But the benefit corp is going to do the exact same thing, right? You're going to appeal to people on the philanthropy side of things. And at the same time, you're going to appeal to people who are on the, you know, the business endeavor side. Right. So, sorry, <laughs> I heard a noise in the house. All right. So, um, you, when you get paid, you, do you donate the funds or your company, the for-profit donates to the nonprofit? So, two different entities, right? So we have to, you have to look at it in that way, right? So, for example, when people purchase items from the for-profit side of our business, which is the retail side of our business, right? Mm -hmm. when, we, when that money comes into our account, a portion of that money is separated from that account and it goes into the nonprofit side of the business, automatically funding that side of our business, right? Now, for us, the way we have it set up, and this is not for everybody, so you can you can structure this how it best fits your business model. But mm -hmm. for us, we're not necessarily in a position to where we say um, we're we're going to just donate money, mm -hmm. right? The reason that's not a part of our model per se is because of the reason we started in the first place. I saw the specific needs of what was missing, right? Yeah. And me personally, I can't trust that the money that I send to any one organization is going to go towards exactly the thing that I know is missing. Right. So instead of us saying, oh, every time somebody donates every or every time somebody purchases an item from us, we're going to donate $5. 
instead mm-hmm. of us putting a monetary value on it, we took the work of it to say, every time you purchase something from Anchor Inc., we are going to create post-trauma care packages for the national and local safe homes that we work with, right? And those those items that come into those care packages, we're using that funding from the business side to fund the care packages that we are then donating to the different organizations that we work with. Okay. Um, so that's not to say that, you know, if you want to say, oh, 20% of my income goes to, you know, whatever you want to donate it to, right? Um, that's fine. But for me, um, like I said, this my situation is personal. My business is personal to me. My venture is personal to me. My nonprofit is personal to me, right? Um, and it's worked out for us, to be completely honest with you, because it's hard for people to quantify and really get to the heart of a matter. Um, I personally think it's hard for you to get to the heart of the matter if you're not actually doing the work of the matter. For us, like I said, it, my business and my business model is personal to me because I want to make sure that the funds that I'm donating are actually yeah. going to the very thing that I want them to go towards. Okay. And the only way for me to make sure that that's the case is if I put in the work. Gotcha. Um, and so for us, like I said, it's not a problem that people do that, right? 20% of my my proceeds go to whatever, you know, foundation, right? There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. But uh, for, for Anchored Inc., it was more beneficial for us to be the res- be the actual resource that we want it to be. Um, right. And to be honest with you, at the same time, that's what makes us different from right. other people. It's right. what makes our business model different from others. And at the same time, it's what makes um, funders and um, different organizations and foundations look at us and say, oh, they really are putting in the work. Let me drop a couple of thousand on them kind of thing. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, like for us, it's, it's about putting in the work at the same time as making money. You make a profit, you donate that some of those funds to the nonprofit, but your nonprofit then turns around and takes those funds and creates the care packages for the the locations to where they're going or the who, the people that they're serving are the the care packages are made with your products. Yes. We incorporate our products and if there are any products that we don't make, for example, feminine hygiene products, we don't make tampons, pads and all that kind of stuff. So, we we incorporate those items as we need to. So, your nonprofit buys back from your business. That's genius. <laughs> I'm sorry. That is that. Hey, this is legal. <laughs> of, course, of course, of course, I'm not giving illegal. Yeah, advice, absolutely. Yeah. For us, um, it was one of those things where it's like, okay, how do we connect the two as seamlessly as possible while doing what we need to do, right? right. And so, right. yeah, even with the grants that we put out, we tell them. Um, when they ask us, you know, where's the money going? Oh, well, 25% of it is going to go and restock the inventory that we need to put into the care packages. 25% of it is going to go towards, um, we need updates to our website, you know, whatever the case may be. Like we tell them, we tell them in advance, like, this is where the money is going. This is what we need for. Um, and then for us, because I'm the because I am the owner of anchoring the retail side, I get to determine who I purchase my items from. Um, and I'm also at the same time the executive director of anchoring the no, nonprofit side. And as the executive director of that side, I get to determine who I'm going to get my care package information from. Right, because they're two separate entities. So yeah. Right. It doesn't matter. <laughs> they matter. That's that's a major, major key. Like major key. And the key is that is I hope a major that key. Everybody's head. 
Yeah. It, it's a major key, but you also have to make sure that you are keeping strategic records so oh. that people oh, yeah. are not looking at it saying, oh, she's this and she's... No. I can quantify mm-hmm. it right down to you every single dollar to the penny. Yeah. Yeah. But, That's what I was going to yeah. ask you next. Like, what does that look like bookkeeping wise? Because I know your your bookkeeping has to be yeah, it's the crazy. best thing I've ever seen on this side of the Mississippi. It's but it's good though. It's good though. Because yeah. we have we have it broken down. So the way our bookkeeping is set up, right? We have um anchoring boutique on one side, and then we have anchoring foundation on the other side. And we literally have it broken down all the way to the most <laughs> minuscule thing of what it is that's needed for both sides. And then we take yeah. the money we get and we deviate between the two. Right. All the way down the line. So how how intensive would you say it is to run a nonprofit? Um initially very. It, it, it's very mm-hmm. intense initially. Um because you have to there's so much legwork that goes into it. You have to not only, you know, get it up and running, get your board of directors, um, make sure, you know, all your paperwork is filed correctly. You know, you have to do all of that just on the initial side of things. Um, The monthly meetings or quarterly meetings, however you're setting up the meetings for your board of directors. Um, And then at the same time, you got to be out there making relationship connections. Um, so initially, it's very, very intense because you have to put in a lot of work um, unless you're coming into it having already made all of those connections and all of that. For us, we didn't know nobody. <laughs> so when we came into it, we had to hit the ground running um, in terms of making the connections. And so that's that's the most intense side of it. I would say between 2019 and 2020, those two years, that was like the super crazy intense side of things um, mm-hmm. because we were trying to get out there. We were trying to get our face out there. We were trying to get our name out there, um, trying to mm-hmm. show people what it is that we're trying to do um, while also doing what we're supposed to be doing in terms of making the care packages and all of that. Um, so right. it was pretty intense for the first couple of years, but now that we are, uh, we've been in it for a while. Um, people know who we are. Um, we've mm-hmm. made so many connections um, to where Good. now it's not necessarily us going out and making connections. It's people contacting mm-hmm. us to make connections. Mm-hmm. Um, so putting in the work initially. I would say it's a little intense, but once Mm -hmm. you get over that part, right, Mm -hmm. um, it's it's not so bad. Right. No, of course. I'm glad you said that because I don't want people going and running with this strategy. And then next thing you know, they're just like, I can't run. You're technically running two businesses. Yeah, technically you are at the same time. And because they're so closely connected, you can't let one fall under Without uh, it impacting without, the other. Without it impacting the other. So you definitely have to be ready for that, which is, I can tell you right now, in 2019, I had no idea what I was stepping into. So that's, mm. that's a little caveat for y'all. <laughs> I had no idea what I was stepping into. I didn't know everything that was about to happen. Um, people probably thought I was crazy when I came out with this. Um, but yeah, like... I knew what I wanted. I knew what I needed to do right. and I knew what my end goal was. And I was ready for the smoke. If you're not mm-hmm. ready for that, you know what I mean? Like if you're not ready for right. all of the things, right. like if you're the person who says I'm stressed out easily and <laughs> I, you know, I break down easily. Listen, right. this is not for the weak at heart. I will tell you that mm-hmm. it is not weak at heart um but at the same time it's doable 
Right. And we did it by ourselves. My husband and I, we did it by ourselves. We had no support. We had no one's help. We had no business mentors, none of that stuff. We literally got on Google and figured it out and did it ourselves. So when we say started from the bottom, now we're here. Yeah. You mean real. that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now you for mean real. that. <laughs> you really mean Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, versus, yeah you sing you know, that song. Really different. Yeah, we're really different pumping your chest. I feel it. Yeah, like for real. Yeah, let them know something. Because yeah. a lot of people, you know, they walk into these businesses and they have business mentors and they have, you know, a million followers already and I, nobody knew who we were. Yeah. Nobody, we we were lit, we moved to Massachusetts in 2018 and we met with the then mayor of Boston December of 2018. Like that's how hard I hit the ground running with trying to make connections. Um, so yeah, which the crazy part about that is, is that the mayor in 2018 of Boston became the financial person to President Biden. Um, so yeah, having those kind of connections is crazy. But yeah, that's part of hitting the ground running and making yeah. you know making moves. And so right. I tell anybody who's who comes to me and wants assistance. I don't mind helping people. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely that person because nobody helped me. You know what I mean? Right. So I know how right. hard it can be. But at the same mm -hmm. time, I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. It's work. It is work. It's work. Yeah. But as long as you know it's work and you're willing to do the work, just like you be yeah. telling people, like, hey, come in and do the work. Come in and do the work. That's all. When you do the work, that's all. You'll make it. What would you say? What would you say your approach is to networking? Because I think I'm I'm glad that you're saying this, but I don't think a lot of people have like really a framework for what it means to connect with others. Like when you're going to these events, because I know you're always at an event. I know you're building relationships, right? Mm -hmm. What is the premise of the relationship? What's the basis of the relationship? How are you approaching it? What are you saying? Like, how are you moving through these spaces where you can go from zero, like nothing, no, knowing no one to in a few months, knowing the mayor of the entire city? Like, what's that? What does that look like conceptually? So there's a couple of parts to that, but I would okay. say the most important, right, is one you need to know what it is that you're, what you offer, mm -hmm. right? Um, the first thing that I learned moving in and out of these spaces, and I'm one of those people, um, if I don't know you or if I don't know the space that I'm in, I'm going to sit back and I'm going to peep the scene, right? right? And I'm going to make sure I understand what moves are being made around me. And mm -hmm. one thing that I saw early on is that, when you walk into these spaces, you have to be able to offer something. You can't walk into those spaces and say, give me, can I have? Yeah. That's yeah. not how it works. You have mm -hmm. to walk into that space knowing that you have something to offer to the point to yeah. where when they walk up to you and they say, hi, my name is such and such, who are you? I'm Chabrene Patton and I'm the owner and founder of Anchor we are a socially mm -hmm. conscious organization that offers post-trauma mm -hmm. care to victims and survivors of sexual assault, domestic violence, and exploitation. Right. And at the same time, right. we, we have our organization built to where we're also providing organic skin care uh, to conscious mm -hmm. consumers. Right. At this point, right. I didn't ask you for anything. Nothing. <laughs> Not a thing. <laughs> I love it. I yeah, mean, I love it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the room, you asked me who I was, and I told you who I was. Right. At this point, you either want to talk to me because you see connection in what I just said, mm -hmm. um, or you see benefit in how what I just said can benefit you. Right. Um, it's it's kind of a situation where you don't walk into it saying. Um, I need, I need, I need. 
it's more of a situation mm-hmm. where I learned that you walk into the situation and into the room and you say, I have. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people who want to get close to what you have or um, can align in some way with what you have will go ahead and p- plug the pieces in themselves. Yes. Yeah. They'll plug it in themselves. Yeah. Right. You don't have mm. to, you don't even have to dig deep in that moment. Right. Um, and right. this is something that I learned with that whole elevator pitch situation. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have to dig deep. Just know who you are and what it is that you offer. The people yeah. who need to be next to you, the people who, you know, you're going to get some anything from or out of or, you know, whatever the case may yeah. be, even if that's just knowing them, right? Yeah. Because not everything is monetary necessarily. Sometimes it's who you know, as in my specific instance, like I just said. I know mm-hmm. Mayor Austin from 2018, who was, who was, you know, Marty Walsh, who is, you know, as of 2023, I think it was 2020, yeah, 2022, he was the the top finance person for the United States of America. Right. Like. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Drop that name. Get, Go ahead. You know what I mean? How much money can you? Get? How right? Exactly. Because you've so, done yeah. the legwork to get know those people and build that relationship and came clear with your offering, what Absolutely. you could do. And I never Not even what you could do. For never, I never asked right. them for anything ever. I never asked. Mm. So it's, it's, one those, it's one of those situations where that's what I'm going to first tell you. Like when it comes to networking and all of that, don't walk into any space thinking, what can I get? What can I get? What can I get? It's what mm-hmm. it is. And if you're yeah. a nonprofit, if you're a B Corp, the whole premise of you is giving. Yeah. That that's what you are yeah. in general. You're giving. You're mm-hmm. a giver, right? Yeah. Give. Just give them yeah, give. information. <laughs> give them the information. That's wild. No, I love that because that's that's the whole point. So just so we can summarize, and I have a couple more questions for you, but just to summarize, yes. you walk in to business, no connections, no idea. It took a year to plan out your business and what you were going to offer. Eventually offered it, decided that you were going to do a nonprofit and for-profit element. Your for-profit donates to your nonprofit. Your nonprofit buys back from your for-profit into this nice little growth loop. And then because of that, you get to build network, a community, build networks, build relationships with people in order to help, I'm assuming, donate to also your nonprofit and build relationships that will allow you to get more revenue for your for-profit. And then when you're applying to these grants, you're making sure that you un- they understand that this is a profitable venture and that experience with the pitch frame, <laughs> definitely framed how you move forward. <laughs> it marked you, right? Marked how you move forward in, in these applications and these people. And now here we are today. So what what do you see for Anchored Inc. and um, the Anchored Inc. Boutique and the Anchored Inc. Foundation? Oh, yeah. So we have a whole game plan. Um, okay. The funny thing about our game plan is this is what it was when we started in 2019. We just mm-hmm. didn't give everybody the full insight of what it is that we were going to do because you know people steal. So it's like... I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> You know what I mean? People steal. That's what people do. And so we put the minimal minimal amount of knowledge out there, but just enough to wet the beaks. You know what I mean? Um, And so now that we are in a place that we are in, we can kind of tell people more now. And when they understand Mm -hmm. the gravity of what it is that Anchored Inc. is as a whole, they're like, I got to be a part. I got to help with this. I got to put in, right? Um, so from 2020 until now, 2023, we've amassed Mm -hmm. a little bit over $175,000 worth of grants. And that is from 10 different organizations, 10 different Mm -hmm. organizations, right? Um, and when we look at the the trajectory, 
right? We're still on track to do an additional forty-five or so thousand dollars by the end of this year. Now, mind you, all of the money that I just said has nothing to do with the for-profit side of my business. Right. This is all grant funding that has been mm -hmm. given to us. This has nothing to do with the revenue from our actual for-profit side of our business, okay? Right. And so what this has allowed us to do is, um, I would say, fast-track a little bit what we started mm -hmm. out to do in 2019 in the first place, right? Mm -hmm. So the goal for Anchored Inc. was to do two things. It was always okay. to do two things, right? Nonprofit side, supporting survivors, mm -hmm. helping them, you know, move their lives forward, right? Mm -hmm. At the same right. time, giving them the opportunity um, to not have to fall back on mm -hmm. whatever it is that they were in. Prior, right? right. So the way that this um, trajectory has worked out for Anchored Inc. is that we are now in the process of building a 40 acre um, safe home development community um, for survivors that houses them, gives them career development, while at the same time allowing them the opportunity to franchise Anchored Inc. Boutique, wherever they are located in their states, um, to where we are not only setting them up in terms of what their current needs are, but we are also right. setting them up for their future financial needs in the future. And so we have our for-profit business moving forward through the franchisee, mm -hmm. and then we have our nonprofit business moving forward through the first 40 acre development because we plan to have them wherever there is a franchisee at. I got chills <laughs> listening to hear you. I'm like, wow, that is a genius. It's a huge because endeavor. Else, but yeah. yeah, but I mean, who else but you to do? Right, right, right. Because you already have all of the, the pieces in place and the consumer is already primed to receive the support. Yeah, this is going to be epic. I'm glad I know you, girl. <laughs> I'm so well, honored. I know you. Thank, you for, thank you for letting me breathe the same air as you because that's <laughs> epic. I, I'm going to, oh, let me tell you something. When I when I see the magazines come, I know her. <laughs> yeah, no, that's dope. Mm -hmm. That's dope. Yeah, yeah, because your consumer is already primed for the support and government is going to be pouring money into this to keep them, to keep it subsidized. Yeah, it's yeah. it's genius. Yeah, so we got like the it. 40 years already. Um, we are now so listen, not to get all, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, no, get all, get all. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me bring this home because this is a black woman talking to a black woman right now. Mm -hmm. um, our people didn't get what they were supposed to get. You see what I'm saying? Um, they didn't get that 40 acres and mule like they were supposed mm -hmm. to get it. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And yeah. so while, while I respect the fact that there are people out there pushing and fighting for you know yeah. this, this government to do what it is that they yeah. were going to do or said that they were going to do, Mm -hmm. I personally have witnessed, um, I'm 38, so I mm -hmm. personally have witnessed the fact that people don't always do what they say they're going to do. Yep. But at the same time, if I can do, why not do? Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was one of those situations where we have the space we have the yeah. land. What's the point of just sitting on it? I can't live on 40 acres of land. Yeah, right. Personally, just me by myself. I can't live on 40 acres of land. But what I can do is take a portion of that 40 acres and turn it into something that's going to benefit my people and the people who need my services, right? right. And so for us, we got that 40 acres, we got that mule, 
and um, yeah, we just to build some more acres and we just to put together some more mules. And if that looks yeah. like black women, black men coming together and saying we fist to open up all of these franchises across the United States of America where we are supporting survivors and at the right. same time housing survivors on these 40 acres in California and in New York and in Massachusetts and in Kansas and in Florida and so on and so forth, right? If that's what that 40 acres and a mule looks like, then that's what that looks like. Yeah, that's um, that's beautiful, Chabonet. Yeah, do it for my people. Yeah, that no, that's beautiful. All right, Chabonet, tell us where we can shop with you, where we can donate. I need all the details because at this point, if y'all not pouring money into this woman's business, I don't know what you're doing with your life. For real, like everything you deserve. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, you guys can reach us on all social media platforms at Anchored Inc. That's Anchored with a D, um, specifically with a D, because people are out here. It's a lot of anchor people out here. So Anchored <laughs> D, Inc. Um, you can also reach us on our website, www.anchoredinc.com. If you're trying to get in contact with the foundation, whether you are wanting to support in some sort of way, or if you are in need of assistance, if you are a victim in need of assistance, you can reach us at anchoringfoundation.org um, and we will get with you within 24 to 48 hours confirmed to make sure you get what it is that you need. Um, yeah, that's how you reach us. My gosh, I'm not going to cry. Y'all, every day, every week, Y'all be making me cry. I can't do this today, Shabra, man. Oh, I'm crying. Don't be crying. No. This is a blessing, though. I'm, I'm glad that we get to talk with you because you out here putting in the work, too. Um, this show 40 <laughs> You know what I mean? Like This my 40 This show 40 acres. You out here putting in the work, too. Um, and it may not look like that, but you out mm -hmm. here putting in the work, too. And as much as people... Are tuning in, chiming in, listening in, right? There is not one time that you have opened your mouth and you did not give wisdom to people who are in need of your services in terms of how to fund, how to move forward, um, and how to thrive and grow in business. And so, yeah, like 40 acres looks different for a lot of people. This is yours. And so I'm proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. All right. I'm really not going to cry. I'm going to go. Thank you guys for listening. Um, I'm going to link everything below. And you, I hope you, no, you need to. You need to donate at least. All right. Donate what you can. Um, if you guys want to be you can donate to a foundation that's actually doing great work in the in the, in the the um, space. So thank you, Shabane. Appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in to Mental Money, where we've explored the transformative power of mindset in your financial journey. Remember, your potential knows no bounds. Now it's time to take action. Start by subscribing to our podcast to never miss an empowering episode. Join our vibrant community of minority women in business by following us on social media. Connect with like-minded individuals, share your story, and gain exclusive insights to fuel your success. Visit our website, mentalmoneypodcast.com, for valuable resources, show notes, and bonus content. And don't forget to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback helps us grow and reach even more ambitious women like yourself. Together, let's break barriers, shatter glass ceilings, and rewrite the rules of success. Keep empowering your mindset. And remember, with mental money, your financial future is limitless.